Hey there, friends. Good to see you again, also, my friends. My name is Evan. And this is Pat. And we'd like to welcome you to Repeater, a little show about big songs. Repeater is a live talk show that we record in Queens, where we live, like the Mets. And each episode, we invite a special guest to share a song that they love. The songs we ask for can be anything that our guests have connected to. Songs that remind them of summer or their prom or just something they heard over and over and over again on a road trip mixtape. You know, songs that stand out. After an interview with the guest, we invite a musician to perform a cover of the song and then close the show with a tune of their own. And that's the show. Pat and I host it. Our guests make it great. So we're super happy to share this episode with you uh, because our guest is comedian Aparna Nancherla, who is one of the funniest humans in New York. She's written for Late Night with Seth Meyers and appeared on Conan twice. She's the host of Whiplash at UCB Theater New York and can be seen in the upcoming season of Love on Netflix. She's a damn rock star, but like a very kind and respectful rock star. FYI, this episode was recorded back in January when it was cold. I prefer the heat, but then again, I'm a demon. Our musical guest for the show is Evan Altschuler who is not only a singer-songwriter, but also a writer, actor, and producer of comedy. A quadruple threat, if you will. Find out more at evanalt.com. And now we zip it. Thanks for being here. This is Repeater. Uh, we're excited tonight. Um, our guest, guys, and we're going to bring her up here uh, right now. Please welcome to the stage, Aparna Nancherla. Hey, Aparna. Welcome. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Pretty good. Doing good. well. Good. I'm going to take this out. Yeah. Great. Do what you want. Cool. <laughs> oh, there's a star on stage. I mean, in the literal sense, there's a small star on stage. Uh, humble. Great humble. visual yeah, yeah. podcast commentary. Yeah. Um, great. Welcome. Thank you so much. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, Aparna uh, is a stand-up and a writer for uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers, correct? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> very cool very cool yeah um yeah uh so we'd like to start off once we uh, get our guests up here by talking about some, some music we've been listening to lately so like very currently uh and pat uh let's start with you uh so for me it has been a lot of david bowie um the new one black star and bowie at the beeb a lot of songs on that, and they're all wonderful, and they all sound like they're from the future. Uh, <laughs> and if you haven't listened to it, you should go do that after this. Go after this. <laughs> uh, mine, my most recent one is, uh, I guess it's like a guilty pleasure to some degree, uh, Betty Who, Somebody Loves You. She's like a That's British a pop star. Kinda. Yeah. Um, yeah, she, I don't know, it's a great song. Just on repeat? No, I li- I get well. The thing is, I listen to I listen to her album. No, I for the only ask because I love. I am a big just like one song seventeen times in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was an honest question. No, I thought it was. Yeah, great. Yeah. I'm not that. I'm the opposite, I guess. So you mix it in, so it's a pleasant surprise to the point to where it's full. Like I'll listen to an album to hear the one song I want to hear. Yeah, and be frustrated through the rest of the album. Really? So you like treat sometimes? Your- yeah. Okay. You're like, I did the work. Yeah. I feel like I have to earn the single. Sort <laughs> oh, of. wow. That I feel like that probably says something about you as a person. Like, you delay gratification. Whereas <laughs> I'm like the rat that, like, can't stop hitting the pellet, like, <laughs> pellet lever. I'm just like, mm, spilled wine. Great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what have I, I... I'm also... I feel kind of guilty because I... Um, I feel like I haven't been listening to enough David Bowie and 
I've been listening to Justin Bieber's new album a lot, which is, <laughs> I know, I and I don't feel ashamed because I think pop music is bad because I feel like it belongs in the mix as much as anything else. But um, I actually have never, I was never a Bieber believer. Is that what his fans are called? Yeah. Like I was never one before. And it's not that I actively avoided him, but I just never, never, you know, fell into his clutches and and then, and then I don't know how I did but the whole album I'm like great next song great like it never <laughs> happens I don't know what that means about me yeah I do feel like I need to give that album some more of a chance how, how I've only much heard like two you, songs off of it okay the two singles is how much of how much do you expose yourself to an album before you pass judgment on it uh, like an actual album? Yeah, like is two songs, like how formed an opinion do you have of it? From I tried, I would say I don't have an opinion of it well, at see, that point. Very yeah. rational. Yeah. <laughs> Pat, how do you feel about the new Bieber? Uh, I have listened to one of the singles on repeat a lot. Is it, Sorry. what do you mean? It, it, no. I don't remember the name. Okay. But is that like the acoustic? What do you mean is like the main, I think that was maybe the one that's gotten the most circulation, but it's fun. The name itself is fun. What do you mean in that? It's a little Abbott and Costello, you know, and you can have a little fun with it. And you're like, what have you been listening to? You're like, what do you mean? Yeah. So that's kind of a takeaway for people. Yeah, he's just yeah. breaking into this like, just uh, his, you know, nod to vaudeville. <laughs> you know, he's big. That's what that album that. will be remembered for. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Well, based on one song, Pat, what do you think of the album? Uh, wonderful. <laughs> it's perfection. <laughs> Which song? Uh, what do you mean? Is it that one? No. <laughs> I haven't. I honestly have no idea. I watched the music video. It was pretty cool. The white one with the dancing. With all the paint splatters or the drawings, am I making? I think sorry. it's sorry, yeah. Sorry. But they all have dancing. It's also like Justin whole, Bieber. All yeah. the okay. videos. All right. Yeah, yeah. A good video usually has dancing. Yeah, but it's like I feel like all of them were like choreographed specifically. It was a whole concept project. Well, it's been a thing that not only like not only um, has my girlfriend made me aware of this, but mm-hmm. multiple people that I've like run into when talking about that song, Sorry, is someone's like, oh, my friend or my boss, uh, is my roommate is taking a class to learn how to do that dance. Really? (laughs) I swear like five different people I've run into independently are, they know someone who is taking a Bieber Sorry class. Wow. I didn't know that that it had gotten that much traction. Like the last dance that I thought was in, had made itself in the zeitgeist was the whip nene. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a big one. Kids love that one. I know. <laughs> I mean, how can you not love it? It's, it's like repetitive in a way where you're like, I know this part, and now it's this part. Like, it's, <laughs> it, you know, and it, it repeats. It's great. Um, but I didn't know the sorry dance was a thing. Yeah. I think it's, like, more complicated. I don't think a child could watch it and then, like... <laughs> You'd be surprised. Oh, I bet, yeah, like, plenty of kids can do that No, one thing YouTube is great for is discovering how many, like, three-year-olds can dance better than you. There's many talented... Do a lot many of things better than toddlers. me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're probably totally right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to capitulate to me this much. I'm not gonna storm off. Like, <clears throat> how dare you question my YouTube opinions? Um, cool. So you brought a song for us uh, to listen to, a yes. song that you enjoy or is important to you. We will find mm-hmm. out yeah. the story in a moment. Uh, but for now, we're gonna listen to a, a short clip of uh, of this song. Uh, so if here we go. Show me the way. 
that uh, much you're legally yeah. allowed to play. Great. Legally, that's as much sticks as you're allowed to play <laughs> at a comedy show. Um, so that was, yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> That was great. I, <laughs> that was Show Me the Way yeah. by Sticks. By Sticks. That's the yeah. song you chose. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> Don't so, just sit with that. Yeah, just <laughs> okay. let it sink in. Um, so why is that the song you chose? Okay, so I feel like I discovered music late in life, or I don't know. I don't know when... I don't know what most people's stories are when they like discover the radio or when they first start following music, but I feel like personally I was late to the game. Like I was a kid in like, you know, the late eighties, early nineties. And I remember the first tape that my sister and I bought, we went in on it together, um, was (laughs) Vanilla Ice's album. And it felt like the first time we had ever listened to, like, a piece of music not meant for children. Yeah. And we were, like, it kind of, like, blew our mind in the the sense that we were, like, they're, he's talking about things and we don't even know what's happening, (laughs) you know? Like, it was, like, this whole world. And I feel like, and then after that, that was sort of our gateway drug into, like, radio, which was big back then. Uh, Try to imagine that world. Um, But I remember, like, I really got into, they would have, like, top 10 song countdowns every night. And I remember Styx was, like, one of those songs that, like, came up in the countdowns. And then it it was when the Gulf War was happening. Mm -hmm. We all know that uh, event. And they, like, made a mashup with, like, that Styx song and like soldiers families leaving messages to them about being excited for them for them to come home so like during the like instrumental parts of the song they would be like i miss you babe can't wait to see you again and for some reason it just like i was just like this is it (laughs) this is art (laughs) yeah so that one's like deep cut in the emotional memory. So was it the Desert Storm version that you discovered? It was, yeah. I don't know. I've never even tried to look for it. I bet it's out there. Yeah, I mean, that's fascinating because (laughs) Pat and I were like looking up this song and trying to learn about it and we were like, did you know that there's like a Desert Storm version of it? And that's actually why the song got bigger. I know! um, Was because (laughs) that version, are you... Are you from DC? Yeah. That's where the first remix of it originated from. Oh my God. Like like the DC (laughs) metropolitan area with the Desert Storm remix is why, because apparently that song entered the charts like pretty low. Yeah. Because this is late era sticks. I know. I could barely believe this song was released in 1990. (laughs) It sounds straight out of like 76, 77, power ballad. Keep, yeah. It was their last top 10 hit. Yeah. Yeah. Though they had, what is this, a top 10 hit in three decades uh, in a row? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I Very know nothing feet. else about sticks. Yeah. There are so many things to know about sticks, though. I think Mine. later I learned the, I learned about the Come Sail Away song. Mm-hmm. But, right. but, uh, but at the time I was just like, they don't need to do anything else. This <laughs> yeah. is it. Just this song yeah. forever. Yeah. I was like wondering if you'd even heard the Desert Storm version and the fact that that's the version is the the only version I know about. And honestly, like listening to it right now, this clip we played without those messages, I was just like, it's not, it's not ringing any bells, you know? (laughs) So I listened to that version earlier today. Yeah. Like a couple of times. But one thing that's like kind of striking about it is, and I don't know, I, it makes me like feel like affected as you know some modern day. Yeah, did person. you feel anything? No, like it feels yeah. so. Yeah. It almost feels. No, like, I could see that. It feels like, like five wars later. You know, right. it's yeah. a different time. It feels like a almost like gross and offensive, like propaganda. Yeah, you know, um, that's what, the thing. Is like would which it is. is. I mean, them leaving that is kind of a weirdly like. Yeah, it's half support our troops, but half like. Keep the people in check, you know? Right. Well, the other half, kind of like background of the song, mm-hmm. message-wise, is that uh, the guy who wrote that song in Sticks is like deeply Catholic. And it's what? a song to his children of like following the way of God. Of course. That's like what that song is <laughs> yeah. about. 
I feel like if you wrote out the full sentence of many lyrics, it would be like, God. Yeah. So it's it's like a Christian war propaganda <laughs> oh, song oh, from man. the Desert Storm era. It was like the first glimmers of Creed, I guess. I know. That was weird. I, I said <laughs> no, I that know, and I, I felt a chill. I don't. In the room. Yeah, but, but, but I don't disagree. I just feel like there's always been a Creed, probably. So I don't know if they were the first. Well... Who would you say was Creed before Creed? Um, One of the... Like a pro-war rock. Oh, group. I don't know if Creed was... I just mean like very heavy-handedly... Heavy-handed with God. With God, yeah. Probably a lot of bands that I can't even think of at the moment. <laughs> Convenient. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> like Cindy Lauper. Always talking about goals and fun. <laughs> it's be Jesus. Um... There was that guy who wrote that song, Spirit in the Sky, but I don't even remember his name. Oh, yeah. I love that song. That's a great song. It's a great song. Does anyone know the name? Norman Greenbaum. Norman Greenbaum. There you go. Yeah. That's a great song. Yeah. Well, and spiritual music has always existed. Yeah. That's not like a new thing. And even like folk music a lot of times has undertones mm -hmm. of religion. Yeah. Um, do you think like there's a, would we be able like to right now, mm -hmm. the current political climate, would we be able to get away with a sort of like troop message I, song like that? I think it would be trickier now because I feel like people are more jaded and are, I f almost feel like the Gulf War was the last war where the government was able to convince people that we were in the right. Like we were right, still right. like, still we're like, no, we're, we're helping. Like now it's so fragmented and like, you know, there's like private, more like private contractors, like also there. And it's not just like as stratified between like military and um, like private enterprise. So I think it's harder to be like, let's bring them home. It's like, who are you even talking about now? Um, you know, there's the troops, but then there's like other people who went there. Like, yeah, it's just, it's harder to make a clean argument. Like people are a little bit more skeptical now, I think about that stuff. I think they were trying it for a little bit a couple years ago when they would do the uh, recruitment videos before movies started <gasps> yeah. with like Three Doors Down. Yeah, I was going to say oh Three Doors, three doors Down is the only band yeah. I can think of like lately that has like a lot of pro-army stuff. Yeah. Um, no, Miss Me When so I'm true. Gone, Love Me When I'm Here, that song. That the whole, is it, the, I don't know what it's called. Is that what it's called, I, though? I think I put Miss You When I'm Gone, Love When I'm Here. That probably makes more sense. No, you're right. A lot um, of that can be But that be whole like, video is yeah. like, it's all right. troops coming home. That's yeah. the whole music video. But it was or those like before army the trailers recruitment videos. Yeah. yeah, like Army Strong. Yeah, they would play all of those bands. It wouldn't be like Feist. No. <laughs> 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 One, two, three, four, kill a terrorist. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't yeah, you know, you're right. They definitely did that. I think of like all those bands, the, those modern ones is like kind of butt rock is how my friends <laughs> there for them Please has. explain. It just seems like, <laughs> like I, I don't know where that term comes from, but maybe like Beavis and Butthead, like Buttheads would listen to that type oh, of music, okay. that kind yeah. of thing. I kind of thought it was shorthand for like everything but rock. <laughs> <laughs> but you meant actually butt Yeah, like rock. your butt, like not good rock. I don't know <laughs> what else to call it, but it's like, it's like hard rock that's not hard. Right. Right. That, that sound fair? Is that like a good way sure. to describe it? Yeah. Um, it's. Do you mean like hollow? Like it's lacking the actual message of hard rock, or it's? I think it's like literally not as hard. Like it's oh, like okay. not as like not yeah. actually as loud and aggressive as hard rock. Oh, would okay. It's so like yeah. the production value is really high. They have really really a uh, standard song structure. Mm -hmm. Like they're basically structured like pop songs and yeah. stuff like that. But it's it's sort of dressed up to be hard rock, yeah. Like uh, with like distorted guitars and male vocals who always <laughs> yeah. sing like this, and it's yeah. just it's not actually hard. Yeah, it's like the way current you know Nashville country music is supposed to be country music. It's just pop oh, music right. with like a lens right. on it. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, when you said that, it made me think of um, Evanescence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Evanescence, Big time. yeah, right. yeah. And it's not even, it was more that the breakdown, it would always be that guy. It was like, where well, she's like, uh, you know, she's like, I'm upset. And then you'd be like, well, I'm here too. Uh, 
<laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I feel like that guy was always in those songs. Yeah, that was a dual lead singer band, but she like clearly was the singer, like who right, actually right. Sing. But then he would always like insert himself in, like like they had some pre existing contract of how much of the song he would get. I wonder, yeah, that actually, I wonder, like, once they got successful, if that was a real thing. <laughs> Linkin Park was another band that had, yeah. like, a similar thing where it's like there was a mm-hmm. dude that rapped and a dude that sang. Right. But, like, does the rapping guy get really, does he, is he contractually obligated to have a rap verse? I can't say I've listened to enough Linkin Park to know, but. It feels like they always did, though. I don't know if they just were comfortable in the formula, but it always worked out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of, uh, I don't, I can't think of a lot of those bands right now that are popular. Oh, right now? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's one that was like, I don't know, like I heard recently, but now I can't remember what band it was. But it was like a sort of like Linkin Park now. Yeah. Whoever is playing the warp tour this year. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The warp Oh man, tour. I went to a lot of warp tours. Did you? A lot. I think six in a row. See, I was a sheltered child. Like even after radio, like I remember they would always be advertising the warp tour on like this rock station. I was like, I can't go there. Like I'll never come back. Like I, I really <laughs> thought like bad things would happen. It was pretty tame, I think, <laughs> by the years that I was going to it. Really? It was, uh, it was just a lot of, like, 13 through 16-year-olds in, like, uh, white tank tops and spiked hair and visors and stuff. It sounds rough. It sounds very rough. <laughs> it was just, like, a bunch of kids that, like, wanted... They weren't even. They just wanted to be SoCal skate kids. Yeah. But they weren't. Like, that's just what they aspired to be. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of times they were just catering to kids in suburbia who were, like... How do we show we have edge? Yeah. How do we show that our cul-de-sacs are not that tame? You know? <laughs> we well, should hot topic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go to Warp Tour. Yeah. It's a formula. Uh, what was the local rock station in DC? It was DC 101. DC 101. Mm-hmm. Is that like a legacy of as a station? I think so. I, I feel like now it might not exist. I feel like maybe now 101 is an oldie station. <laughs> Wonderful. Man. And not just in that that music is old now. Like, it's an actual oldie station. But, um, but yeah, that one and, like, 99.1 was, like, the Baltimore rock station. Oh, and you can get both of them? Sometimes I could get 99.1. That's the delayed gratification where I was like, between this stretch of the highway and this stretch (laughs) of the highway, I can get it when I go to school. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, did you go to school outside of D.C.? I went, no, like in Northern Virginia. I lived like in the suburbs. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Hence warp Tour fixation. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. What was the town uh, like that you grew up in? Um, I would say it was like very prototypical, like upper middle class, uh, kid in like a fairly well off suburb, but like, yeah, it's like kids hang, hung out at the mall and, you know, went to the movies and there was like a fair amount of like, you know, people drinking or like doing drugs, but I feel like I was so sheltered from it. And like, for the most part, it was like, you know, not, uh, there weren't like metal detectors at our schools and stuff. Yeah. That's good. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was good. But DC was like the city. That was like the city for you. Yeah. That was the closest. Yeah. Was it common to go in? Yeah. But that was like another thing. Like I never went in, but I had friends who would like go to um, like the big clubs. There are like uh, the, the black cat and uh, there are, there's another club that I'm not able to think of the name, but those were there were like two big music venues that like people could go to who were like not 21. Oh, and they would yeah. all go there. <laughs> yeah. To go see shows and stuff. Yeah. Was so like uh, I grew up outside of Boston, so my mm-hmm. big exposure to Boston was like field trips. It was yeah. not going to see cool shows. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> it yeah. was like going to the science museum totally. or the aquarium or things like that. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I mean that, that those I were the only times I went into DC were school field trips to like the monuments. But you guys had like the coolest city to go. I feel I feel like as a kid you're taught a lot of like history. Yeah. And and just like general you live in America, like yeah. this is where you are and <laughs> 
Um, and so I feel like that's like the city you'd want to go on field trips in. Yeah, I mean, I felt, I had that, you know how like when you're a kid, you like have trouble imagining any other kid's reality, like your existence, you're like, well, everyone experiences things this way. Like I thought like anyone, I was like, well, there's no way anyone lives outside DC because there are no monuments to see and then that's <laughs> that's not a life you know like that's literally I had those thoughts when I was really little I was like they don't have a Smithsonian so that can't <laughs> they just <laughs> it would be too hard to build that world <laughs> so if that was your worldview, uh when was the first time you came up to New York I don't I, probably when high school maybe yeah, yeah. maybe even after high school yeah. So what was that like? <laughs> um, it's terrifying. Uh, no, my sister uh, went to college up here, so we, like, moved her in. Um, and I think it was, like, uh, like the more I traveled as I got older, I was like, oh, okay, like, everywhere is, um, everywhere has their own thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> but New York, you know, New York's New York. Every Whenever, if you've ever never been here before like the first time is always like what's happening right yeah yeah i used to think so i grew up in new england mm -hmm. and i used to think like all houses should be like old colonial right. style like houses. Yeah. and i remember like developments you know like any amount of yeah. houses built around a cul-de-sac or anything like that right. i thought those were like weird anomalies in housing yeah and so right. like Flying, I remember I, my mom's from California, but flying into California mm -hmm. out the plane, you'd see like so many developments. Right. And I was just like, what's wrong with California, <laughs> mom? It didn't make sense to me. I was like, I can't believe all these people choose to live in these like subpar houses. I like, know. I was the littlest, most stuck up little kid, I think, <laughs> because that was like my world was right. that has like anything that looked like uh, people built all these houses at once yeah. was bad. But that makes sense because when you're a kid, I mean, as, I, I mean, I'm sure there are some kids who are like world travelers based on what their parents do. But like, if you grow up in a certain environment, it's like that's all you can comprehend at first. Like, if you tried to comprehend everything at once, your tiny mind would melt. You know. Uh, but yeah. I feel like that's normal to be like, how is their thing different from my thing? Because my thing is the baseline of what I know. Yeah. It's like humans before we realized the uh, the rotation of like the sun and earth, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was corrected. Um, yeah. So, do you feel like uh, an allegiance to DC as like a hometown? Mm, I mean, that's where I started comedy, and that's where I was. I think I was there for four years, and then I moved um, after like. I started stand-up, so yeah, I, I definitely still feel ties to it, but it's like any other city. Like, if you go back, it's like everything's different, even if it hasn't been that long. Did you go to school there, too? No, I actually went to school in New England. Oh, where did in, you go? In the Berkshires, in, um, I went to Amherst College. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My brother went to UMass Amherst. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same town. Same <laughs> town. That's cool. How is Amherst? I liked it. I mean, it was a very um, idyllic college experience. It was like, you know, it was like a liberal arts school. It's like small. It's like very pretty. It, it basically is like when you look at a nice college brochure and you like, <laughs> just like drop yourself in. And I was like, that's what my experience was. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was good. I think I, it's like any liberal arts education at the end of it, you're kind of like, did I need that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and what was your what was your degree? <laughs> like I majored in psychology, but it is like at the end of it, you're like, what did I do? Like I just, I feel like I wrote a really long rambly paper that took four years and it made no salient points, you know? Yeah, it, I mean it does feel that way. Yeah, I had a boss once. I was in college. I was interning, and he had like a a law degree, but he worked as, you know, a VP of some company. Yeah. He wasn't a practicing lawyer. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he, all summer long, he would try to convince me to go to law school. Yeah. And I said, I don't want to be a lawyer. And he would constantly try to like, give me this like gem of wisdom <laughs> where he's like, law yeah. school isn't, you don't go to law school to be a lawyer. You go to law school to learn how to think. It's so, <laughs> it's he would say so that to weird. Me yeah. 
I don't want to go to law school. But that also sounds like something you tell yourself so that you're like, I didn't. I'm not $100,000 in debt for no <laughs> for reason. Nothing. Yeah, that dude was like a VP at an industrial tire company. What? So <laughs> I think he was telling himself a lot of little things to yeah. keep himself going he day to day. He was working a lot of three doors down. <laughs> I think so. Hmm. Yeah, that's weird. I, I I mean, I I almost feel like I'm now on the other camp of like where I grew up with like more conservative ideas. Now that I look back at it, I'm like, oh, that's that is how I thought. But now I'm like the other end where I'm like, you can just walk around the streets of New York every day and get learn more. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm like, yeah, read a book, but you don't need to be in a classroom. Yeah, that was my dad would frequently have that argument too. Like, oh, what what is he? What's his background? He's from Vermont. He's a dairy. He grew up a dairy farmer. Oh, okay. Um, But I can remember like instances of like having debates at the kitchen table Mm -hmm. and having like everyone tell him something is factually true. Yeah, and using like the like street smarts argument to shoot us down. Right. But then this is like a classic thing. My mom would go to the living room and get the Encyclopedia Britannica. This is before the internet and like show him he was wrong. Really? Yeah. <laughs> would he, uh, would he like back, back down? I don't like totally remember. I think he would just get like very angry. About yeah, it. yeah. Like, I don't, it's like a classic I don't know if, like, dad he, strategy. I can't think if there was like an apology or an admission of right. wrongness within that. It was just a lot of like anger. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll just yell. Yeah. <laughs> um that's really interesting. Yeah, I feel like my parents are the opposite where it's like they they both came here from India and they were both doctors so they kind of like maxed out on education like both of them. <laughs> so I feel like they're so like in the camp of like you just go to school. Like you figure out why you're there later. You just like <laughs> show up. <laughs> um <laughs> Because, like, even when, after I started comedy, they were kind of like, they're like, well, you're still going to go to grad school. And I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know what I would go for. Like, it's not necessarily like a field where you need a graduate degree. And they'd be like, just get, just go. And then, and you'll see. And then, you know, you'll just get something and then you'll just have that. And I was like, I don't think I need to, but. It's just like some swag you get at a conference. Yeah. <laughs> it's a grad, a grad degree right. to your parents. They're like, you'll get a sweatshirt. It'll be great. Yeah, I, um, guess, I guess I need more can openers on my keys. Yeah. <laughs> I open a lot of cans. But I think it is for them, it's like education equals security. Like, yeah. If, yeah. So have they um, been like supportive in general or is this? Big? Yeah, I think the more I've like gained traction with doing comedy, they're like, their, I think their whole, like, reservations with it was just, oh, will you be okay, like, just doing this? And the more I was like, here's another thing that mm-hmm. I can tack on my argument, they were like, okay. Yeah. But a lot of times it'll be, because they are very uninterested in, like, entertainment and, like, show business. So, like, a lot of times their friend will be like, I saw your daughter did this thing, and then they'll then they'll call me to confirm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I'll be like, is that good? And I'll be like, yes, yeah, it, it was all right. Yeah, yeah. That's so adorable. <laughs> I know it's real cute. It's real cute. Um, because I, I almost thought for a second when you said that they're like educated out, you know, like had mm-hmm. so much education. I thought that their man was like totally cool with you doing whatever. Oh, no, you no, know, no. The opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, because they're both doctors, so it's yeah. like a di- totally different field of like and way of, of advancing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said you had a, you have a sister? Mm-hmm. Do you have any other siblings? Nope, just the one. Just the just one. Just the one. What does she do? She does nonprofit work. In various <laughs> fields. I mean, she's kind of bounced around. She's done, like, public health stuff. She's done, like, education. She works with a lot of fringe groups, I would say. It feels very D.C. to me. It is, but she yeah. was not, never really into D.C. Like, she went, she went to college in New York, and then she never, like, moved back. She's, like, New York all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So going back to uh, this idea of, like, just kind of having that period where you're finally choosing to listen to music, mm-hmm. right? That's 
not what your parents listen to or maybe what's forced upon you. Uh, Were there any other like artists you can remember from those like first few years? Mm, I mean, it was, it's funny. Like the first few artists was, it was like those top 10 countdowns. Mm -hmm. I would say that was like, (laughs) that was like a genre for me. I was like, I love those top 10 lists. And then, um, it was that, uh, Vanilla Ice Tape was the first one. And then the second tape I bought was the Ace of Bass, The Sign. Mm-hmm. That Very was a nice. classic. I uh, love that cover to cover. Um, and then this one's weird, but my mom got really into Alanis Morissette. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like Jagged like, Little Pill era. Yeah, like her yeah. first album. And I think I was just like, why? Is <laughs> like, it was almost like my mom had her teenage girl phase in her 40s where she was just like yeah i really this is letting out a lot of emotional (laughs) steam for me so i feel like i listened to that one too that's awesome (laughs) like i feel like a lot of uh people probably that who felt that that album was really important to them yeah were probably almost like hiding it from their parents right yeah i mean i know it was on like the radio and stuff but the idea that the amount of angst on that album and if you were like a teen connecting with that album, yeah. you would not want your parents to see that. I know. Because <laughs> it would be like terrifying. It's so cool that your mom was like on board. With I that. know. And the weird thing is she's never been into another art like ever <laughs> before or since. It was just like it, it was the intersection of their, you know, stars happened for whatever reason. Has your dad ever been into anything? He, when he first moved to America, he got really into um, country music because he said yes. it was the only, and I don't think that's uncommon with immigrants, but it's also, he said it was like one of the types of music where the lyrics were the easiest to understand. Yeah. And there was a story, I believe, in the songs. He liked that. Um, and he really got into Johnny Cash, and there was specifically one song about, um, this guy who would save random car parts and then he built a car and my dad loves that song <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that makes sense, right? Like, cause those songs are always super easy to comprehend. I know. Musically, they're really, really simple. I know. Um, and, the, and I love yeah. it because it's also like that group is sort of like, <laughs> traditionally anti-immigrant right. <laughs> to just know like, someone is gobbling up their songs like candy. Yeah, that is, that is really uh, odd almost. <laughs> I, I mean, that's like a total <laughs> twist, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But so, it is like American dream focused. So I think yeah. it's also that. That makes sense. It's like, there's so many of those songs that are just about like working hard to get my fill kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you know, you have to, uh, you have to be your own, you have to like be your own man. It's a lot yeah. of like that era of right. country music, especially. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're, it doesn't matter if you're like a railroad conductor yeah. or a criminal, <laughs> like you can kind of be of any profession. You just have to work hard Yeah, and you'll, uh, you'll succeed. Yeah. <clears throat> or get drunk. <laughs> that's that's that. in a lot of country songs. So the, uh, between the country and the Alanis Morissette, mm-hmm. did that like influence your initial exploration of music, or did you like just mm. dive into whatever you could find? I think I one of my biggest musical influences later was going to summer camp and just like glomming on to other people's tastes right. of what they liked. Like I remember, I really got into Weezer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Priscilla Queen of the Desert soundtrack. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember specifically someone tried to out me once where it was like, you know how sometimes teenagers have a conversation and it's like one person is, has no idea what's going on and you're just sort of like trying to keep up. Yeah. Like I remember two girls were talking about Weezer once and one of them was like, yeah, I love I love Weezer. And then the other one was like, yeah, I know this album. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one of them like, I don't know what happened. I think the like psychotic switch in her <laughs> brain flipped and she was like, you've never heard of Weezer, have you? And I was just like, no, that's crazy. Why would you say that? <laughs> uh, and she's like, you've never heard, what, name one song. And then I was just like, I gotta go. Like, it's just like the weirdest interrogation out of nowhere. And I was like, how did, how did she know that? God, I feel like teens talking about 
music is like one of the, it's gotta be one of the scariest social interactions so you can have. so scary. Cause they want to, yeah, everyone wants to prove themselves. I know. Like oh, I remember in middle school, everyone had like a Beastie Boys sticker on their binder. <laughs> and I didn't even know who they were at that point. And I was just like, these kids are bad. <laughs> these kids are bad news. <laughs> <laughs> can only hope it was while they were doing like their like experimental musical albums know. you know it's like <laughs> oh my gosh. tough beastie boys uh, the year that i asked for a beastie boys album for christmas i instead got two savage garden cds oh my so, god i think i Wait, won savage that. garden that was like truly madly deep. yeah yeah yep. yeah okay beautiful and music. some other album <laughs> <laughs> that i could not nobody name. knows i'm sure i still have it yeah, it's probably self-titled, uh, if we're being honest. I think Marcy Playground I was really yep. into. Um, they still tour. Do they really? Yeah. Uh, I A buddy of mine was in a band like three years ago, and they opened for them in like Portland, Maine or something. Marcy Playground opened for them, or they no, opened no. for Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I wasn't You're giving sure. my friends band way I, too I, much I, credit. I, did, I, did, I don't know how it works. No, no, no. Like, Marcy Playground was the headliner. Right, right. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure of, like, if you haven't, like, if you've, like, sort of dropped from the consciousness of it, like, the hierarchy changes, or I didn't know. I think it can. Yeah. Like, that definitely right. can. Like, uh, I don't know about it on, like, huge one-hit wonder scales or right. anything like that, but, like, I can think of sort of, like, bands from my Warp Tour era. Yeah. That the ones the ones that are stuck around right. lots of times now are opening for, like, the bands they inspired. In That's some what cases, I would think because would like sometimes happen, Those yeah. younger bands are really popular amongst yes. the current teenagers. Yeah. And then, like, the, you know, old-timers uh, right. are not as popular. Because I even feel like now bands, like, your reach could be more just with the internet, even mm -hmm. if maybe you have aren't as experienced. Yeah, right. I'm sure there's, like, a million bands I've never heard of just cause like, I don't know bands that get famous via YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what were some, can, do, can you remember like, uh, maybe like an artist or a group that kind of beyond even those like first years of discover music, but like, I don't know for me, like high school was probably like the first era where I was like really like choosing what I listened to Yeah. full and like not really listening to anybody else. Um, but whenever that kind of came for you, like, what kind of music, what kind of music did you get into? Mm, I don't think I really got super choosy about music until college, I want to say. And again, like very eclectic. Like I almost feel like I didn't, I didn't like get into groups as much as I got into like songs. Mm -hmm. And then I would just like make weird, very strange playlists <laughs> <laughs> that like had no coherent arc. Well, you said you listen to songs like over and over and over and over, yeah. right? What's the, what's the appeal of doing that? I think it's just like, you're like, it is like instant gratification. You're like, okay, here's this part. And then, this part's coming. <laughs> and then yeah, we're here again. Yeah, it's just like that sort of just childlike wonder of, but it is like getting that to expensive toy from your parents and then you play with it too hard in the first day and break it. And then you just like play the song too many times and then you hate it and you can never listen to it again. Oh man, what's a song <laughs> you first loved and now hate? Um, I feel like uh, I've actually come around on some of those songs because now enough time has passed right. that I haven't heard them. That, But like that Sophie B. Hawkins song, I feel like I played that a ton. What was that? Um, As I Lay Me, maybe. <laughs> yeah, someone got it. Someone got it. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's got it. But you, you our our get, musical yeah, guest of the night yeah. knows the song. <laughs> Great. Surprise, surprise. Thank gosh. Um, okay. But yeah, that's like a, a song like that. Um, remember that uh, Gauthier song? That, oh, uh, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I hate to be that guy, but I got in on that song like on the ground floor, like before it blew Congratulations. Up. Uh, thank you so much. Um, and it was like, I found it on like an obscure music blog just randomly. And I was like, hey, I really like this song. And I totally was like, oh, like nobody's heard of this. Like no, it won't get big, which is fine. And then literally like it was so strange. It was like everywhere was playing it. Yeah. Um, and I haven't heard 
from him since. Right. No, we've heard from way more from Sia, right? Who's the featured Not Sia, artist, I think it's Kia. Kia? Anybody? No. Kimbra. 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 I feel like I heard more from her the year after. Yeah. Than him. Yes. Right. And he's great, but it's like, yeah. it didn't seem like he was like someone who would get into the mainstream. So it was like strange that that song. Well, yeah. yeah. Right. Cause wasn't he Australian? Like I yeah. think he like <laughs> did that whole album in a shed yes. in the farmlands in Australia. Yeah. You're really just, pigeonholing Australian musicians. Listen, it's so far. It's not the Australian part. It's Australian, right? So he did this recording. Right. That's the only place they have farms where you can record music out of. Uh, you're forgetting about where Fish records all of their music, Pat. You want to start talking about Fish? Ah, yes. No, I don't. Okay, I don't want to talk about Fish. Is your dad a big fish head? No, my mm-hmm. brother was for a few years, and my friends from high school all are. Mm. Um, yeah. No, my dad liked the Grateful Dead, though. Oh, yeah. That Different era, same band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Sort of. Anyone who's sensitive, not really. <laughs> it's a joke. Um, but yeah. What were you going to say about him recording in a shed? <laughs> What I was going to say was he took his sweet time with that album. It was very complex. So maybe that's why. Maybe he just went back to his farm. He was taking his time. Yeah. In Australia, which is far. It was a cool-ass video, too. I know. And I I think they made an SNL sketch about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's how you know you've, I don't know. Made it. Made it to a certain (laughs) level of knownness. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if so, yeah, if SNL's parodying your music video, yeah. you're doing fine. Yeah, on a single per single basis. But I feel like if he was on SNL now, people would be like, "Who are you?" Yeah, I think they'd be like wondering what yeah. huge thing he was about to unleash <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like looking around, like, "Did we miss a yeah. uh, release?" Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but yeah, but yeah, in college, I also really got into hip hop. Mm-hmm. Which is sad because I did it for like kind of felicity reasons where I had a crush on a DJ. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to get into whatever he's into. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I got into like underground hip hop. But it's such a like massive world, like any music genre that I was like so overwhelmed that I would just like grab one or two bands and be like, I like them. (laughs) (laughs) You're my band now. Yeah. I was like all in the A's because that's how far I got in the cab. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you are any of those artists like still in your rotation? Yeah, like well, like Aesop Rock is great. Um, atmosphere. <laughs> I wasn't <Acrobatic>. kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Afro <Afro-man>. Yeah. <laughs> but I, no, there's a lot of like underground hip hop that's so good, just like lyrically that I'm like amazed it doesn't get more traction. There actually were a couple of Massachusetts acts, like probably around yeah. the same era that I was really like, uh, I remember a couple of my friends were really into, right. uh, I think Gangstar was a Boston group and, uh, Mr. Liff was mm-hmm, like really popular, mm-hmm. especially with, like the college. Set. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and seven L and esoteric were like this other yep. group from, from yeah. Boston. But I, I remember being like, cause I'm from right outside of there. I remember being very surprised. Yeah. Cause I didn't find out about that until, Later, like yeah, into high school, college. I was like, "Whoa, we have right. hip hop near here." And it would be a lot of like, <laughs> you know, white kids like trying yes. to be down. Yes, right. yeah. Right. That's like if you ever went to one of those shows. That's like yeah. what it would be yes. at a certain level. Yeah, when they're playing little clubs, sure, not as much, but. By the time they were playing like Middle East upstairs or downstairs, right. I mean, uh, that's the audience for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, cool. Pat, you got anything else? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Parna, thanks for talking to thanks us. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're going to, yeah, give it up. Okay, uh, we're now going to uh, invite our, our musical guest uh, up to play Show Me the Way by Sticks. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Evan Altschuler. I'm not a big Sticks fan, but uh, when I heard this was uh, for Ted Cruz, <laughs> had to do it. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> Fuck those guys, guys. 
uh, and State of the Union party at my house uh, after this. The it's the president's last day of the union tonight. There's a world outside of all of our garbage, guys. Mm. This one's for the Lord. <laughs> Who this song is a thousand percent about beyond any. <laughs> there's nothing that is not about the Lord in this song. The Lord, I say, as if I've ever called anything the Lord in my life. Hubby. <laughs> Every night I say a prayer in the hopes that there's a heaven. But every day I'm more confused as the saints turn in to sinners. All the heroes and legends I knew as a child have fallen to idols of clay. And I feel this empty place inside So afraid that I lost my faith Show me the way Show me the way Take me tonight to the river And wash our illusions Way and show me the way as I close my eyes to sleep for a moment, dreams are sacred. I close my eyes and know there's peace in a world so full of hatred. Oh, I wake up each morning and turn on the news to find that we've so far to go. And I keep on hoping for a sign, so afraid that I just won't know. Show me the way. Show me. To the mountain and take my confusion away and show me the way. And if I see your light, should I believe it? Tell me, how will I? Uh, hi, my name is Evan, and I just want to say um, to the captains of the army, <laughs> it'll be great to see you guys after the war. <laughs> hey, baby, it's me, your pregnant wife. <laughs> I hope you see our baby get born after the war. Hey, everybody, at least <laughs> now that it's the 80s, will be out of the Middle East soon in this war. JK, we're never leaving. <laughs> Show me the way. Show me the way. Take me tonight to the river and wash our illusions away. And the chorus to know that we'll make it someday. Every night I say a prayer in the hope that there's 
Ladies and gentlemen, Evan Auschler. Thanks so much, everybody. And uh, give it up one more time for our guest, uh, Aparna Nancherla. Uh, be sure to watch Late Night with Seth Meyers to see her work and uh, look, uh, look her up in the stand-up circuit. She's constantly doing shows, uh, and she's so great. Uh, Aparna, is it aparnacomedy.com? People can find out about all of your stuff. Uh, and you guys can find out more about Evan at evanalt.com. All of his stuff's on there. Not only is he a great musician, but he's also a very funny man as well. An entertainer all around. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got something to say? No, no, I don't. Great. Uh, and Evan's going to close out the show with uh, one more song, guys. So please give it up for him one more time. Uh... This will be one second long. Who wants to hear uh, a, a song that I wrote uh, that's very dark and about getting stoned or a song that I did not write that everyone can sing along to? Uh, raise your hand for number two. Wow. <laughs> Never before in my life. Wow. I'm that <laughs> good. This is all about getting stoned. <laughs> but there's a time every day when the best come to play. It's the way to the hard luck living. Well, at the end of the day, there's a spark that we save go away the dead man's spirit there we go where we go dead and gone here we go where we'll go Well, I got stones on my back. I got ropes at my feet. I got pains in my heart worth keeping. And now I run past the edge, skim the roof, kiss the ledge, go instead past the Point on that last thing you said to me, baby, here we go. Oh, where we go, dead and gone. Here we go. Oh, where we go. So fall on through the sky We're falling to if I It's what makes it all worth doing And we throw it all away We let God take the reins Heaven's what I'm shooting for Come on, my friend There we go
it's the way Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks so much for all these. If you want even more of Aparna, you can check out her new stand-up album, Just Putting It Out There, which is available on Bandcamp, iTunes, Amazon, and, like, everywhere. And you can also see her do stand-up all over the country, but most of all, in New York City. For all the info, check out AparnaComedy.com. And how about Evan Altruler? I've never enjoyed a stick song so much. Keep up to date with Evan by visiting his site, evanalt.com. Damn, dude, this was such a fun show. Getting to talk with Aparna about sticks was great, and Evan has a really wonderful voice. Uh, we hope everyone enjoyed listening. Thanks for checking out our little show. Until next time, hit repeat! Evan, put a shirt on. Repeater is hosted by Evan Ford Barden and Patrick Cartelli at QED in Astoria, Queens, a place to show and tell. Find out more at QEDAstoria.com. Our show is supported in part by Hi-Fi Records and Cafe, also in Astoria. Visit them from wherever you are at hi-fi-records.com. Editing by Stephen Garvey. Theme music by The Sunlines. Everything else by Love Nest Production. Welcome to Repeater. <laughs>